1: So I think they're looking for, okay, time, how can you help me engage deeper with my prospects? How can you facilitate introductions? How can you create an environment that's going to allow me to have a conversation, whether that's live or online, with my customer in a way that I can't have on my own?
0: All right, hi everyone. I'm Jenny Rooney. Welcome to the Marketing Vanguard Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with Shaday Muhammad. Uh, she is the first Chief Marketing Officer at Time. Shaday, welcome.
1: So good to be here, Jenny. Thank you for having me.
0: It's great to have you here. It's great to see you. Um, I'm so excited to dive into this conversation because I um, I've known you for a while, and I've um, you know seen some incredible work that you've done. Um, you are at Forbes now you're at time. obviously this is uh, this is an area of focus for you in your career, but would love for everybody um, to hear from you directly a little bit about your growth path and and sort of what led you
1: to this place. Absolutely. So I have always been a fan of media and journalism. Uh, it's just the industry that I you know just felt most connected to and in, mm-hmm. in the space that I felt like I could make the most impact. Um, You know, I've always loved to write. And I did, um, you know, intend to be a journalist. And and I started out my career as a journalist. I majored in magazine journalism, you know, definitely was on that path. Um, And as I began, you know, in the industry, I could sort of see that all of the decisions, um, while the, you know, sort of content creators and writers um, came up with all these incredible ideas A lot of the decisions about whether to say yes or no to those ideas sat with the the business side, Mm -hmm. marketing and advertising side. And so um, I thought I could uh, make a little bit more impact and was just curious about, you know, what would it look like to be in this industry I love, um, but be able to make business decisions about whose voice is heard? Um, who gets to a front page, who gets their story um, covered, and and all of those things. Mm. So um, that was kind of my, my journey to, to the business side of, of media.
0: So interesting. Um, but, of course, the uniqueness about any publishing company is, you know, the balance, separation of church and state, the balance of editorial with the business and, um, you know, how they interact and how, how they need to interact, frankly, um, you know, while maintaining the integrity of each. How do you think about navigating that at time? Because obviously that's, um, it's a unique, it's a unique um, dynamic, I think, that we find it, obviously, at media and publishing companies.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, the the most important thing is to respect the journalist um, and their sort of instincts and their expertise about the story that that needs to be shared. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever we lead on the business side, whether we're talking to marketing partners or other strategic partners, whenever we lead with, you know, our editor in chief is driving this initiative forward, or this editor really took an interest in this area, it the conversation goes much farther, much faster. It's mm-hmm. just an authentic place to be leading from. So, how I think about it is start with the idea that comes from the mind of, you know, in Time's case, the most, you know, some of the best writers, right, um, and journalists of our generation, Mm -hmm. and then how can I come in and help enhance that and make that become more palatable, more interesting, more, not interesting, but um, sort of Commercially viable for our partners? How can I help them see that telling this story in this way is going to also help them reach their business goals? So a lot of the work is stakeholder management, honestly. Yeah, and for you sure. know, there are different priorities and and sometimes values at the table, but or perceived difference in values. But so a lot of my work is is connecting those dots and saying, we're actually after. Some of the same things we just go after them in different ways.
0: So I'll come back to you and ask about you know examples of that in a minute. But let's just back up because you are CMO at Time, and um, it's actually the first CMO. Um, it's it's a new role since what 2018. So talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So first CMO since Mark and Lynn Benioff um, purchased Time in 2018. Uh, really exciting role under. Our CEO Jessica Sibley, who brought me over um, from Forbes mm-hmm. and um, it's it's a really exciting time time at time <laughs> um, because <laughs> yeah. we're really thinking about what will time mean for the next generation of leaders yeah. um, Everyone that I've talked to and you know got luckily have traveled the world for time over the past, nine months, and so much of what I hear and we all hear as an executive team is, time changed my life. I learned how to read um, through reading time. You know, my dad would put um, the issue each week on in the den for us to each read. Um, So these really um, personal and intimate uh, interactions with the brand, which as a marketer, you know, I feel so lucky. Um, that there's such a visceral um, reaction that folks have to time and they they want to protect it, too. Um, and so I think it's how do we bottle that up, that really, um, you know, half of marketing or even maybe even more is making people care. So, you know, the great thing is that people do care about the brand. Um, How do we make sure that continues for the next 100 years when the way that we consume media is very different, when the the media environment, um, you know, can feel polarized and time really takes a stand of not choosing a side and really Mm -hmm. just getting the information out. So how do you, um, you you know, create a point of difference uh, to engage with the audience through that? And then, you know, thinking about, the Gen Zers, Generation Alpha, you know, the young folks who truly consume news and and media in a different way, um, but still are interested, you know, in in what time it has to say, I think. So just meeting them where they are.
0: Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, look, time is a legacy brand. It's got so much history. It's got so much um, awareness. It's honestly, I think, It's part of the fabric of culture. And to your point, so many people have a visceral um, personal relationship with it. Um, Fun fact, side note, and shout out to anybody in Oxford, Ohio, if you walk into um, Bagel and Deli on High Street, um, which has been there since I went to college at Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. Um, you'll see the entire um, the entire um, walk-in bodega is is covered in old time covers. So they basically wallpapered no the way. space in old time covers. Yeah. So um, if you ever find yourself out there today, you have to stop in.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> <And> introduce yourself. <laughs> but I mean, for new no- to
0: go to Oxford, Ohio. There you go. Right? There you go. No, Miami's great. Um, but, you know, but the point is like, yes, it's got history, it's got, it's got equity, it's got awareness, it's got legacy, it's, it's, it's got all of that. Um, but I'm sure, you know, not unlike any CMO who has frankly inherited a legacy brand that has that rich history, it's about, you know, maintaining that strength that is so core to it while evolving it into new realms and to reach new communities. So talk a little bit about how you, how you strike that balance.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, one of the superpowers, I think, of time is its ability to convene. Um, I like to tell my team, you know, I, there are few brands who can convene the kind of room that time can. So whether it's the um, an activist, um, the celebrity, a global philanthropist, um, an entrepreneur, all those folks, and I've seen it can be in one room and be in awe of each other and say to the next person, I can't believe I'm in this room with you. Mm-hmm. Um And so I think that's really powerful because I think ultimately, what changes the world are folks coming together to discuss something. Um, and when it comes to time, they want to discuss how they can change the world. Um these are the most influential people, um, you know, our editorial team works really hard to to create, you know, Time 100, Time 100 Next, our lists every year. And I think, you know, we, the most common thing we hear is, what do I do next? How do I do more with the people that I just met in this space? So I think there's an incredible opportunity for community building that we have. Um, and, you know, it's about how do you strike that balance and, and do it in a way that, Still stays core to time in terms of, you know, exclusivity or even just, you know, the the, the intimate sort of um, really targeted gatherings, but inviting more people to the table as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a key part of of how I think about it. We launched something called Impact House this past August at Martha's Vineyard. And that was all about how do we get, you know, some of the wealthiest um philanthropists and investors in the world, in a room with social entrepreneurs who want to change how our world operates and get them talking. And it was extremely successful. And so our thought is we don't want to just make this a one-time thing. We want to continue to build this. And so I think about our community building as making sure we have at least two, but hopefully more different kinds of people in the same room. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's going to be our, our key to success
0: Every CMO is thinking about that. Obviously, publishing has had—you know—it's a challenged environment. It's a challenged business. Obviously, revenue—you know—diversification and trying to find new ways to connect, certainly with audiences, but also create new partner opportunities is just massive. So, how yeah. do you think about that? How does Time approach that? You know, that fundamental challenge. I think that is is not unique to Time.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely it's definitely a challenge. I mean, we we think about. And and I focus specifically on B2B marketing, and when you think about the expectations that partners had um, 10 years ago, even five years ago, versus what they have today, it's different, right? Five years ago, it was about impressions, really hard and fast digital metrics, viewability that could prove, you know, someone saw my content. Now I'm having less and less conversations about that, and folks really want to understand the attention uh, that's being paid to what they're putting out in the marketplace and they want to know that you know it's it's more than brand awareness. I think there's so many incredible marketing leaders at so many of the brands that I work with they've got they've got that figured out. So I think they're looking for okay, time. how can you, help me engage deeper with my prospects? How can you facilitate introductions? How can you create an environment that's going to allow me to have a conversation, whether that's live or online, with my customer in a way that I can't have on my own? So I think, you know, I see a lot of brands, you know, are, are media entities in and of themselves. So I think, you know, in order to survive, Time and other media properties are going to have to prove that when you partner with us, you can speak to topics or speak to things in a way that um, will really land in a way that you might not be able to do by by yourself.
0: Yeah, no, that that that's so interesting. Um, you know, going back. A minute ago, and talking about how you're the first CMO. You know, why did Time feel like it, it was necessary to bring in that role? And also, how is it? Because listen, company to company, the CMO role is defined in so many different ways. So, yeah. um, you know, specifically, how is it defined at Time for you? And 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 what is your your remit in that role?
1: Yeah. So I um, am over B two B marketing. So that you know, obviously, means that I'm partnering with um, my my customer is is a partner is a client. And so I'm over, you know, customer success. I'm over our marketing partnership, sort of go to market, market strategy, account management, um, and overall go to market for all of our products, whether that's events, time studios, time CO2, our sustainability platform, editorial, of course, uh, time for kids and more. So my goal and I- I'm tasked with how are we going to market Uh, with all of these amazing products that most folks don't even know that time has, you know, they don't know that we have a film and TV division and that we've produced um, shows and film on almost every streaming platform, uh, click cable, tons of cable cable properties, et cetera. So one is educating um, the market on what we do. And then how are we delivering that in a way that makes sense to a, a partner. So, you know, rather than saying one through 10, you know, we, this, these are all the things we do really being able to tell a story and thread the needle for partners about why ha- doing all of these things with us makes sense.
0: Yeah. It, but I mean, it's interesting because therefore time doesn't have a um, kind of a brand time CMO necessarily. Right. So how do yeah, you think
1: there is, yeah, got so it. we do have a chief brand officer as well.
0: I got it. Okay, so how do you two interact cuz you know, we talk a lot about, you know, CMO collaboration, right? And 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 so that would be my next question is, you know, how are you working with other um other members of the team, specifically other C-suite peers in meaningful ways and perhaps you can share an example of how that manifests.
1: Yeah, so my closest partner is definitely the the chief revenue officer. And, you know, he and I, Eric Keller and I work really closely to make sure that, you know, sales feels equipped with go-to-market and there's, you know, a a great feedback loop and we're, you know, delivering against our our promises to the client. On the brand side, you know, that's the the brand marketing, consumer marketing, that's where, you know, we can collaborate to figure out, okay, uh, as I'm bringing a new, thinking about a new Product to market, like Impact House is a new product. Mm-hmm. How could that influence our overall brand messaging? And what's the larger story, you know, about us turning 100, or um, how impact is is really something that where we believe that we can tell a story about impact better than any any media. And brand. by the, and the way, so- Impact
0: House was done in collaboration with an outside partner. Who was that partner?
1: Absolutely, UBS. UBS so they were so- our launch partner.
0: Right. So you're working also to make sure that when you're building that, it's reflective of time's priority on impact. But then it has to align, of course, with what you're doing, um, you know, for UBS in that in that
1: situation. Absolutely. So from the UBS perspective, they were most interested in how do we get folks in the room Um, and show them that the work that we're doing in philanthropy and against our multicultural segments is reflective of our larger brand values. And then getting those, you know, the the customers or prospects in the room, how are we creating meaningful opportunities for them to engage? We were able to to come, you know, we we delivered great um, results for them. And I think my focus is always on making sure how are we pushing the brand forward in ways that make sense, while delivering against client objectives. And those almost always have to be one-to-one, and I'm doing that at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that's very cool. On the Marketing Vanguard podcast, um, one of the things we talk about is, you know, every day you're making decisions, right? And ultimately leadership and being a business leader and being a, you know, necessity as part of the C-suite is about the literal – big and small decisions that you're making every minute of every hour of every day. Talk – is there a decision that you've recently made that you want to isolate out or spotlight um, that you can really track, um, you know, the the way it has powered your brand, your business, your community, et cetera?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think people are the most important part Mm -hmm. of any organization. So – decisions around people and you know this is top of mind for me as i'm thinking about you know as we've gone through um sort of those those um strategies around how to best position our folks for success Mm -hmm. and i think making a decision to align and prioritize the people in the business with where with our top goal which is you know profitability and revenue growth as as any um, business is has has been really helpful in making the decision, knowing when to um sort of dial up the just kind of hit the ground running and show progress and, you know, get revenue into the business and when to um, kind of take a step back and think about how all the pieces fit together, how to prioritize team members' work. And so that so that people feel that they're contributing to something that they'll see. Um, and so that's that's how I've been how I've had to sort of oscillate, I, I would say, in these past nine months. Um, and when I have made those decisions in the right way, I think it's paid off.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. Talk a little bit about the work you did at Forbes, if you could, and and how you're pulling that forward into what you're doing now at time.
1: Yeah. So at Forbes, um, I was there for about eight years. And the the last role I had was building on the representation and inclusion practice. And that's a role that I pitched to the then chief revenue officer, Jessica Sibley, who, (laughs) who is now CEO at Time, my boss, because I saw I was working, again, directly with clients as well and putting together branded content campaigns. And it was all about sort of like the future of. So future of work, all of the AI, blockchain, all these amazing things that we're still talking about now. um, But I didn't see anything about how equity, impact, those sorts of themes were integrated into the conversation in in a real way, Mm -hmm. um, people in general. So um, I pitched this role because I wanted to focus on DEI as as a revenue center rather than a cost center mm-hmm. and thinking about how do we get folks who want to talk about how they're driving their initiatives forward and help them tell that story and ultimately bring revenue into the business. And so that work is is so closely tied to what I do at time now because impact is synonymous with time and I'm able to do a lot of that work um, at, at a at a different scale. So mm-hmm. it's, it's been incredible to, to see and the work that we were able to do at Forbes, you know, just outstanding opportunity. Um, and then to be able to, you know, it was a little early, though, I'd say, um, started that role in January of 2020, pre George Floyd. So in January 2020, all of my work was Kind of like if I go back to my old documents, it was like, how do I get people to see that diversity matters? And then overnight that sort of like didn't need to happen. And it was just about, okay, how do I get all these dollars that are allocated into some of these campaigns? And that's that takes time, that's taken time, but you know, it's the 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 interest is there, the opportunity is there. Folks want to tell these stories. And so it's it's been really great to see that come to life at time as well.
0: Well, and I love that and it's interesting because if you think about it, I mean I I would I would argue although some people might disagree with me that time is a consumer facing brand and Forbes is a business publication um again, up for debate, but it also to your point it time provides that even greater platform, right, for you to sort of basically carry that work through in a meaningful way. Um, so it could be very interesting to see how, how you can have that manifest at time as well.
1: Yeah. I mean amazing opportunity at Forbes too for sure. A hundred percent.
0: A hundred percent. And full disclosure, I'm a Forbes alum. Happily, a, <laughs> proudly a Forbes alum as well. So um yes. yeah. I mean look, the the and listen that I mean honestly that is what we all learn from our career journeys. And anybody listening, I you know, in, in this in this marketing world we see CMOs moving around so much and I just don't always think it's a detriment or should be viewed as a negative because you get so much experience, you get so much value from every every post that you're at, you know. And then the ability to carry that forward, um, you know, it enables you as an executive to grow certainly, but it obviously it enables you to bring even more value to the next place that you go, um, you know. And, and so I, I just don't think that can be discounted Um and I yeah. have to think that that's been your experience as well. Um, Absolutely.
1: You know. Absolutely.
0: One of the things that we do with Marketing Vanguard, too, is, um, you know, we – even as we think about um, spotlighting CMOs, the decisions they're making, the way they're, they are, you know, in that role, having impact, making a difference, um, is creating spaces for them to identify and um, and literally bring into the room – um, they're, they're plus one, they're, they're rising stars, you know, in, in some cases they're heirs apparent, like people who aspire to that CMO role and, you know, want to be in the room with those, um, you know, the top of the rock. So, um, a question for you would be, you know, who are some people on your team that you just want to spotlight or you feel like are so fundamental to your success and that, you know, you want to, in your day-to-day, mentor and bring forward and share your experiences with so that they too can, you know, can obviously elevate to to your role at some point?
1: Yeah, um, you know, there are so many people, um, but if I were to call out a couple folks, I would say Melody Codaverdian, who is Global VP of Event Partnerships at Time, just an incredible strategic thinker, go-getter. You know, the kind of person where she could do everything. <laughs> so we <laughs> just have to focus. Like you you can't you I want you to do this super well. So you can't do those other 10 things. Um, but even though I want you to and wish you could, but just an incredible partner to me and and you know, rest of the executive team and growing the business, and also Dan Schunk, who is our global VP of Brand marketing, creative, and Red Border Studios, which is our branded content studio. At time, he founded Red Border, has grown it exponentially. Uh, we have new ideas for for how to expand it moving forward, and he's just you know one of those unicorn leaders in terms of his ability to to do so many things well and and do it with with a smile. So Love grateful that. to have great leaders. Last okay. quick question:
0: We have a pay it forward mentality here, and we like to to bring. Uh, you know, we're always looking for new guests to bring on. Who are some CMOS that you n- either know well or admire from afar, um, maybe haven't even met yet that you would love for ha- to have us invite onto the Marketing Vanguard podcast?
1: Yeah, so I'm just really impressed by um, the leaders at TIAA mm-hmm. and the work that they're doing to make sure that folks retire well and with dignity. And so Zara Mirza, who's their chief brand officer, Mickey Ombaral, who's their um, chief marketing officer, Toy Wigley, um, who runs um, Multicultural and their partnerships there. Uh, I'm just really impressed with that group. They're just a powerhouse mm-hmm. and do it in such a thoughtful way. And so, uh, yeah, just, just always... Uh, impressed by them and love when I could get to see them.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll we will reach out and um, would be excited to have that conversation uh, with them as well. Um, Shade, thank you so much. It's been so good to catch up. It's it's so good to hear your story and, you know, and to have you share insights that I know all of our listeners can learn from um, based on your individual journey and the decisions you're making. So thank you so much for
1: being here. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. This was fun.
0: Thank you for listening to Marketing Vanguard, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and ACAST Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Jordan Pretano, executive produced by Al Manarino and John Heil, and edited by Lane McGiboney at Batwell Studios. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts, and if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com thanks for listening hey there podcast fam are you ready to break free from the social media rut hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you meet viral growth your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence whether you're a personal brain or a company they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level with viral growth forget about those endless hours of video editing they handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality.